Hello and welcome to another edition of Today's Nutrition, where we look at what's new in research, what's hot in the news, or any topic that can affect our health, vitality, and longevity. Starting out today, I'm going to do a little history. Hemp, CBD. Hemp is slowly returning to our lives, but oh, what a rich and forgotten history we have with hemp. Then, I'm going to go into the current research and use of CBD and hemp. But first, some trivia, some history. Ancient sailors used ropes and sails made from hemp because it was much more durable than cotton. Even the sail material, canvas, comes from the Greek word for cannabis, cannabis sativa, marijuana. The Gutenberg Bible was printed on hemp paper. The Declaration of Independence was written on hemp paper, maybe by the hemp farmers, Thomas Jefferson or George Washington. Even the first pair of blue jeans was made from hemp by Levi Strauss and Company in 1853. And the first diesel engine was fueled by clean burning hemp oil. By 1920, 80% of all of our clothing was made from hemp. Hemp played a big part in our lives up until about 1930. Then about that time, those titans, Andrew Mellon, along with Carnegie and Rockefeller and Hearst, who had their mega wealth in banking, paper from trees, synthetic textiles, plastics and oils, they wanted to increase their profit and protect their interests, so they sought to control the market. They launched a major smear campaign that was meant to demonize hemp and all other products derived from the cannabis plant species. They produced the movie Reefer Madness, which I'm sure a lot of you have seen, and it was made to influence the public, and the public was led to believe all varieties of cannabis were dangerous and was going to lead you down the, pe- the path of hell and damnation, assuring that their oil and paper would succeed. By 1937, the Marijuana Tax Act in the United States was regulated and restricted the sale and use of all cannabis. I think it's interesting at this time, the American Medical Association opposed the act because it taxed physicians, pharmacists, or anyone promoting, prescribing, or growing cannabis. Federal law made no differentiation between hemp and other varieties of cannabis. They were all effectively illegal, even though hemp was a distinct variety of cannabis sativa. Now, there's still a little bit of confusion between cannabis and hemp-derived CBD. The public is is starting to kind of catch on that the focus is really on two compounds, CBD and THC. In a nutshell, hemp-derived CBD has less than 0.3% THC. That's the psychoactive part that's associated with getting high. Heck. You could take 800 or more capsules of CBD and hemp, never get intoxicated. You'd probably get an upset stomach, but you'd never get high. Now the law and the cannabis policy has changed thanks to the 2018 Farm Bill signed into law by President Trump. This new Farm Bill made hemp legal 
and distinguished it from marijuana, removed it from the Schedule I Controlled Substance Act. So finally, we can do research on hemp and CBD and get a much better understanding of what all is in hemp besides CBD and document its benefits and potential cautions. Important to be able to do this. So, so far, we found that there are over 800 active compounds in hemp. You know, just like food, it's got a whole bunch of things, what I call a medley of compounds. You know, you've got terpenes, you've got flavonoids, you've got fatty acids, you've got antioxidants, you've got phytonutrients, and a whole alphabet of cannabinoids. Okay, the CBD, the CBC, the CBN, the CBG, it's like a whole alphabet. All of these compounds, or a lot of them, bind to receptors for your serotonin and dopamine. That's why CBD and hemp helps deal with stress and anxiety and sleeplessness and helps you deal with pain a lot better. Research is flooding in on hemp and CBD, and boy, it has turned biology upside down. Back in the day, remember, we all took biology class, and we studied 11 major organ systems, you know, the skeletal, the digestive, the cardiovascular. Well, throw out the old textbooks, because we have to add another system, the endocannabinoid system. Its role is to balance all of the other systems. Our body makes cannabinoids that affect everything from eating to sleeping and relaxing, keeps the brain healthy, affects metabolism, affects the inflammatory response and pain processes. And the endocannabinoid system even helps protect our genes. What's really exciting is that our body makes a lot of these compounds, especially when we're doing things that are good for us, like exercising or deeply relaxing with yoga or meditation or prayer or a good healthy diet. And I'm going to tell you more about that in a minute on different ways to increase your own production. But if you aren't sleeping well, if you're in a great deal of pain, under a lot of stress, aren't eating well, sometimes the body just can't produce as much as it needs. We end up with what they're calling an endocannabinoid deficiency, and all the systems get out of balance. Then here comes the phytochemical CBD to help your body's own production. You know, and there are a lot of foods that have a little bit of CBD, like celery and black pepper and, and cloves and other things. But this endocannabinoid system or deficiency can show up as pain, mental, emotional problems, migraines, fibromyalgia, obesity, irritable bowel syndrome, sleep disturbances, post-traumatic stress disorder, and more. One huge example of an endocannabinoid deficiency is the impact of post-traumatic stress on the endocannabinoid system among survivors of the World Trade Center 9-11 attacks. Endocannabinoid levels were much lower in people that presented with PTSD, suggesting that sometimes people have an inability to reset a healthy endocannabinoid system and resume balance 
after a traumatic event. So we need to know how to boost this in ourselves with diet and lifestyle and all the other things that we'll go into. But I can just imagine at this time with COVID, when stress is at an all-time high around the world, thank heaven, we have CBD now because people need it the most and they're enjoying the benefits of CBD to help them deal with stress. So I always want to tell you how you can help yourself and how you can help your body make more of its own endocannabinoids, your own CBD, free of charge. So comes down to the same things I talk about every week. Epigenetics, controlling how your environment interacts with your genes, your nutrition, your lifestyle. And we're going to look at simple things that can have a huge impact on how you can help your body produce more of the endocannabinoids. First of all, we want to weed out things that cause disruption. Then we want to seed with things that are going to help you make more. And then we're going to feed it with foods that are high in CBD. So what we're going to weed out first, stress. Stress really messes with your body's endocannabinoid system. And animal models indicate that it may be involved in developing all the stress-related physical and emotional health, like was seen in the 9-11 recovery. Highly recommend we do something every day to help manage stress, especially now with COVID, because emotional stress and high cortisol levels have been shown to keep the receptors from working right and prevent your body from making the endocannabinoids in the first place. There should be two exclamation marks there. So we have to eliminate as much of the negative and encourage as much of the positive in our life or the endocannabinoid system will never function right. Second thing we need to weed out is pesticides and plastic. Certain endocrine disrupting chemicals used in pesticides alter the normal endocannabinoid function. Plastic bottles, plastic food containers often have added chemicals called phthalates. That's P-H-T-H-A-L-A-T-E-S. And they've been shown to block cannabinoid receptors in animal models. So eat organic, avoid plastic as much as possible. Third thing we want to do is weed out other toxins like alcohol, excess alcohol, and sugars cause chronic impairment of your own production of CBD. So, you know, blocking all those things, weeding out the plastics, the alcohol, the sugar, and the stress, and now we want to add in the good things. And so when we're increasing healthy lifestyle factors, we're doing things that are going to boost your body's own endocannabinoids. So meditation and prayer and yoga and acupuncture, chiropractic, massage, exercise, and social support from friends and family. For example, a human trial of chiropractic manipulation showed an increase of 168% over pretreatment. That's a lot of increase of the endocannabinoids. Other things you can do is like dance, talking to friends. Friends are a huge boost. Loneliness is bad for health. So call your friends, go for a walk, do something fun, connect safely, but connect. Go for a walk in the fresh air. Even if it's cold, 
bundle up and go for a walk. Okay, next, we're going to seed with dietary changes. Yeah, here I go again. But there is increasing research that indicates omega-3 helps the endocannabinoid system. The endocannabinoids are really just products of healthy dietary fats. So your body needs those healthy fats to make your own CBD. I know we're farmers, not fishermen. I'm always hearing that. I don't like fish, but your body does. We all need more omega-3. We have way too much omega-6. So if you don't want to eat cold water fish, that's okay. Don't want to eat salmon and tuna and krill, then eat chia seeds, ground flax seeds, walnuts, hemp seeds, or get yourself some capsules and take them. It's how your body makes those feel-good compounds. CBD needs those dietary ingredients so it can make and activate those endocannabinoids. Then you also want to seed with a little exercise. Now, this is kind of interesting. Of course, we know aerobic exercise is really good for mood and weight loss and, and higher endocannabinoid levels in healthy people. But what's really interesting to note, that moderate intensity exercise, not low, not high, significantly impacts the circulating endocannabinoids. And human studies suggest that forced or prescribed exercise is not going to be good. It has to be something that is self-induced and you enjoy. So you want to do it. So basically you have to find something you like and do it often. You know, it's that body-mind connection. So interesting. So it seems that when it comes to exercising, if you're having fun and smiling, you're doing it right. But other fun things that you can do to boost your own production is looking at pretty things Singing, dancing, yodeling, laughing. Yeah, they've done research on yodeling. I know, crazy, huh? So any if you see me yodeling, you know I'm boosting my endocannabinoids. But there are other things you can do to increase your own production, and it's cold. Cold exposure increases the density of the CBD receptors, and of course it's also good for your mitochondria. We'll talk about it another week. But once you've weeded and seeded, and fed, those chronic conditions should all benefit. Because if the receptors aren't fed, they're not going to be healthy. Then we want to put some good prebiotics and probiotics. That gut-brain connection is very much a part of this. Finally, we've got hemp. Hemp is the whole hemp extract contains phytochemicals, a hundred or more cannabinoids that all work together. Also green tea, black tea, oolong, matcha, wine, and dark, dark chocolate are going to boost it. Catechins from the green tea are going to do a lot of good things. According to the American Botanical Council, many of the potential benefits are analgesic, antibiotic, anticonvulsant, anti-inflammatory, antipsychotic, and neuroprotective. We all know the endocannabinoid system plays a major part in how the body deals with stress and fear and depression and insomnia. We also know that fibromyalgia, arthritis, migraines, and PTSD are linked to lower levels of endocannabinoids. All of these are inflammatory. So you want to decrease the inflammation and balance the system. So dosing, where do you start? 
Well, you start low and add slowly. Those CBD receptors sometimes wake up slowly. So be patient, give it time. Hopefully you're doing the weeding, seeding, and feeding. You're going to get better results. So normally they usually recommend starting at about 10 milligrams of CBD and a dose is going to last about eight hours. Some people just need one dose a day. Sometimes though, for pain, they may take it up to three times a day, making sure you get one at bedtime. Low, moderate doses rarely cause any drug interaction. Right now, there are a lot of CBD products on the market, but you want to shop carefully. Only use CBD products that are tested for contaminants because hemp is what they call a bioaccumulator, which means it's really good at absorbing toxin substances from the soil. So you have to be careful out there. And there have been several peer-reviewed government studies showing that Hundreds of no-name brands failed to contain the labeled amount of CBD or had higher than acceptable THC. They're either adulterated or mislabeled. You've got to get good brands. USB, good manufacturing practice. Those are the ones we carry at the shop, companies that I personally have vetted. So thanks for listening to another edition of Today's Nutrition. CBD can be a powerful tool in your natural medicine box. And I hope you learned something today that will help you or someone you love. As always, you can listen to this again or other episodes of Today's Nutrition. Go to my website, debford.com. So today, just today, I've talked to people who have weaned off of anxiety medicine, sleep medicine, pain medicine, and they told me their life is almost normal for the first time in decades. I love it. So amazing, but always check with your doctor. Thanks for listening. Have fun, stress-free day, and nourish your endocannabinoid system.